this episode of Tailgate Talks brought to you by Blanca. Tune in live to interact with the hosts on Wednesday nights, 6.30 central at www.twitch.tv backslash Blanca OG. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to week 44 of Tailgate Talks. This is the Tailgate, where we talk about the rest of the sporting world. For those tuning in from Club Red, appreciate you hanging out. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed our Texas Tech segment, Club Red. But this is where we talk about what's going on in the rest of the sporting world, NFL, NBA, Olympics, whatever whatever we want to be discussing or whatever we feel like is really kind of important news or uh, maybe you want our take on. Uh, but first of all, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Either on Spotify or iTunes, make sure if it is on iTunes, drop the rating, drop the review, and make sure you give us a five stars on that. Uh, as far as our social medias go, first things first is follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. We are also on Instagram and Facebook. Dustin, you can find him at DustinWimmer22 on Twitter. Brooks, you can find him at Calvin B. Barrett. And me, you can find me at Blanca, where the L is a one. And if you haven't already, make sure you check out our YouTube channel where we post shorts, clips, Little videos every single week, one or two, just to kind of uh, kind of give you a little bit of an insight as to what we're covering week in and week out. Uh, if you have any sort of thoughts or questions or anything that you want to hear us discuss on the show, make sure you email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So let's go ahead and jump into it. We're going to talk a little bit of NFL. we got a divisional breakdown thing that we're doing here. And this is going to be the first week of it where we cover the West, the North, the South, and the East. Uh, gonna hand this over to Dustin, where we talk about the West this week. Are you ready for the football? All right, take the helm. Yes, it is NFL football time. It is around the corner. I know you're like the NBA just ended. Can we have a break? No, you cannot have a break. The NFL is here and ready to go. Preseason started last week with the Hall of Fame game. All your other favorite teams will be starting up this week. So what we're going to do leading up to the NFL is give you a breakdown of each different division. We'll start in the NFC and AFC West today and then move across the country in the next few weeks. Give you guys a preview of kind of each team, give you who they added, maybe coaching changes, quarterback battles, whatever it might be that's come up with this team. Um, Arlie's favorite team, the Jags, how they're going to do. Um and a, a, adopted break favorite. it all down it's, it, it's an adopted favorite i still i still love my texans that has <laughs> gotta, not changed i just gotta keep reminding everybody that yeah, that's yeah. your favorite team hey, yeah it, and then we'll do a little over under of their win totals that we found and see kind of where our projections might might lie and how they end up by the end of the year sound good everybody yes right. good well, yeah uh, let's start off with the <laughs> nfc west which is probably the most competitive division in all of football right now from top to bottom. Agree to that. Um, the Rams and the 49ers are both, even the Seahawks, all around that 10-win range. Um, I want to start kind of with the Rams. They're always the darlings of this division. 
and those California boys. Those yep. California boys, and they made the biggest move of the offseason, too, by trading Goff and getting Stafford. I like it, so They really upgraded at quarterback. Goff wasn't bad, but he was inconsistent. And honestly, Matt Stafford's been really good and consistent at a shitty Detroit team um, for a long time. Shitty. Shitty. <laughs> so, um, made Calvin Johnson retire. That's, yeah, that's how shitty. <laughs> I mean, that's the biggest move of the whole division. And I think that elevates them a lot, even though they're just playing the game of hopefully their stars are better than everybody else's depth. And we'll see if that works out for them again. They just keep pl- trying to play that game and rolling that dice. Yep. We all got on the Rams. Anything else? No, I mean, I mean, personally, I'm loving it. Uh, I the the Matthew Stafford move was one of the one of their biggest. I think that that's going to be their most impactful one. I thought that he's oh, yeah. one of kind of the most undervalued. Not 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 outwardly undervalued, but it's just again, as you said, it he was in one of the shittiest situations, and now he's probably moved literally from worst to first in in, in some in some context. Oh yeah. And and I think that 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 move for them makes them one of the favorites, not not out of the not overall, but definitely one of the favorites to to contend this year. Yeah, Uh, Brooks, what do you think? They did have a Cam Akers injury. I forgot to. I was going to point that out. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that was like the first thing. Take that away. Take that. Take that. Yeah, I'm I'm like y'all on the Stafford thing. I think it's a match made in heaven. Him and McVeigh. I would. I've always been dying to see what McVay can do with like a legit quarterback because he turned Goff into somebody who was you could who me who he made it to the Super Bowl with what can yeah. he do with Stafford I think we're all excited to see that but yeah Cam Akers goes down with an Achilles injury he's done for the season and this one was big fantasy football wise yeah. a lot of the fantasy podcasts that I listened to were super high on Cam yes. Akers he had a really strong end to last year was really looking good, was in the passing game, run game, just all over the field. And so a lot of people are really high on him this year. So it does suck that he goes down to injury. They do have some backups who can kind of – they'll probably mix and match, fill that role. Yeah. Darrell Henderson yeah. is probably the guy who's going to end up yeah. getting the most benefit from this injury. But they've always kind of been like that with running backs. It's always been hard to play them fantasy-wise because – yeah. They do a lot of different things, but he was, he was looking like he was going to be their starting running back. And so that does uh, hurt their offense a little bit, but they, they'll, they'll move on with a great offensive mind. Like uh, McVay. I, I, if y'all ever have a chance the ringer did a podcast called flying coach. Yeah. Where Peter Schrager and, and Sean McVay were on it and yeah. listening to McVay. He's, he's so good just that everything and remembering he also interviews a lot of coaches the key episodes i would have y'all listen to would probably be uh, the one with kyle shanahan and then he does one with cliff kingsbury we might dog on cliff here but they're interesting listens so it's just kind of a peek into his mind he's such a good coach the last thing i'll add is uh according to the site that i was looking at i can't remember it off the top of my head but they have the 10th hardest schedule they're playing six teams this year who are all projected to have over 10 wins. Uh, that's how I like to do a season projection. Uh, like difficulty is what are the teams they are playing projected wins. And so they have six teams who are projected to win 10 games. Of course, four of those games are against division rivals. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, the Rams are always interesting and will be really fun to watch. I think with 
Stafford at the helm. And of course, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on that defense. True. And I mean, the only over unders at the end of each team or at the end of the division? Let's go ahead and do them at the end of each team. All right. So, what do we got? Ten and a half on the Rams. I'll take the over for them. I would like them a lot last year. Now they improved their quarterback. Everybody's taking the over. Yeah. We're taking 11 plus for the Rams. Uh, I I feel like that's safe with, with the one extra game this year. Mm-hmm. I feel like 11 is very likely for them. Uh, but maybe last year I would have taken maybe a little bit on, on uh, uh, of a bite on the under and them hitting 10 wins. But with one extra game this year, it's just kind of – it's a little bit easier them settling in, them finding their system. Uh, what do you think, Brooks? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you all on the over on this one. I think they won 10 games with Goff last year. He wasn't, he wasn't any good last year really. And just imagine him with a good quarterback, I think – 11 wins is kind of one of those take it to the bank. <laughs> like I think barring disaster injuries or stuff like that. Yeah, this is definitely an 11, maybe 12 win team. All right. So let's move over to the other favorite in the division, the 49ers. They are coming off a very injury riddled season, which was their biggest problem last year. But if you remember two years ago, they were in the Super Bowl sure. leading the Chiefs in the Super Bowl going into the fourth quarter. And honestly, they still have a lot of those pieces back from that team, um, and especially their defense. And ten and a half wins, they're the tied for favorites with the Rams. But the health is just the biggest issue for me. Are they going to be healthy? Is Bosa going to be healthy? He's a potential defensive player of the year. Um, and then what do they do with their quarterback situation? Um, that is actually a very good situation, I think, for them. I, I think they're in a good situation. I think uh, I think the 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 quarterback thing is going to be their biggest uh, yes or no for the season. Um, I I think what was was it? Um, Gar- Garoppolo and Trey Lance. That's what I, was, I couldn't think of. Trey Garoppolo's Lance. Garoppolo's definitely going to start, and when he's healthy, he's been really good, especially with Shanahan's system. But it's when he's healthy is the problem. Go ahead, Brooks. Sorry. It is. It is. Yeah, Garoppolo. When he started, the Niners are twenty-four and nine Woo. with yeah. him as their quarterback. So, you know, he's kind of perfect for the Kyle Shanahan system. Kyle Shanahan can make pretty much any quarterback a decent one with the weapons. But like Dustin said, there's so many injuries last year. Kittle was hurt for a large portion of the season. They were, you know, shuffling through running backs often. <laughs> Uh, which is why they're super loaded at the position this year. They, of course, got uh, Trey Sermon, who Tech fans are familiar with because he played a lot of his collegiate ball at Oklahoma. Um, but, yeah, you know, getting those guys back is really going to help. Of course, they did lose their defensive coordinator, Robert Sala, to the Jets. He's then now head coach, so I'm curious how that's going to – how that change is going to, you know, happen because that defense was – pretty damn good with him running it they you know no matter who was healthy or not they always came to play so I think that's kind of one a loss that's going to hurt them a little bit is not having him on the sidelines and having that energy from your defensive coordinator that he always brought yeah agreed good point but I don't know this team uh, um, was one of my most unsure teams and that's why if we'll move on to the over-under on this one, I think I'm going to take the under on this one. I, I was going to do the same, but I think barely. I think that they still hit like 9 or 10. Yeah. 
but I'm just barely the under, under barely also just because of how hard the division is that yeah. I don't think they're at, on the same page as the Rams. And I think they're going to slip a little bit with some of these other division. games. But like if you look at their schedule, it's hard to pick out 11 wins, even though they have, right. even though they, even though they have a very good, they have a very good team. And they're very good with Garoppolo. You don't know if he's going to be there, and then you're going to go and try and leave it to yeah. to a rookie if he ends up, you know, getting injured again. And and looking through the season, even with a healthy Garoppolo, it's hard to like look at their at their start to finish and just be like, yeah, they're definitely winning eleven or twelve of these. Yeah. Like it's hard. And so I, I would absolutely take the under, but not by a lot because again, very 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 talented roster, top to bottom. Yeah, and is it going to surprise either either of you guys if they do win over ten and a half? No, not 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 <laughs> no. at all, not at all. But but yeah. it's just that like like there's going to be like probably about a good like five of these games that are decided by less than five points, easily. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 just tough because I also am just a little nervous about injuries again. Mm. Uh, you know, riddling this team and it's just a tough one i think this is probably one of the tougher ones most of the other ones i feel like i had a pretty quick answer this one i had to debate a little bit yeah Yeah. all right so let's move on to the seahawks they've been probably the most consistent team in this division for the last 10 or so years they're projected at 10 wins right at 10 and you had some rumblings from russell wilson in the offseason to uh Hey, I'm tired of running my ass around so much. You get me some offensive line help. They kind of did. And then now they're back into their starting left tackle, who's like top five in the league, wants a new contract. He's not at camp. So there's issues there again with Russ and O line. What's his name? Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown. Yeah. You probably don't know of him, just like he's not one of the like most. Uh, he used to be a Houston Texan. I remember that. Yeah, but he's been what I've very heard nice. the last few days a very, very top end left tackle. He's and good. Russell Wilson has come out like, "Hey, we all pay the man and protect my ass." Like basically <laughs> yeah, what he yeah. said in a very nice Russell Wilson way. What was it? Um, it? It was like it was like I don't care how old he is, like fucking pay him or something, so, yeah, something along like, those lines. Scared. So. <laughs> I mean, in the nicest Russell Wilson way possible. Yeah, he did. <laughs> they still have like the one of the best offenses in the league. I know last year they were very up to start and down at the end, but Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Russell True. Wilson, Chris Carson, like they got weapons. I see them being over their projection and contending with the Rams. Brooks. They were a tough team last year. They did go 12 and four, and then they had that bizarre loss to the Rams in the wild card game. I think like nobody really saw that happening. They didn't really do like Dustin said, they didn't really add a whole lot. They got Gerald Everett, tight end, who's kind of always been underwhelming with the Rams. Uh, Former Texas Tech Red Raider joins their defensive line and Kerry Hyder. So that's a decent addition. He's had a pretty solid professional career so far. Usually has plenty of sacks and tackles, so he'll add to that line. They have a middle of the pack schedule, which kind of makes me believe that yeah, I do think they will probably get more than ten wins because they're yeah. always going to be really good, depending on whether they run it or pass it. And, and twelve wins last year. Twelve wins last year with a terrible defense. If yeah. they could sure shore that up a little bit, and then a guy that I've heard getting some buzz, who 
fantasy people will be familiar with, Rashad Penny is back. Oh. And he's kind of one of those little scat backs who's going to be big in the run game, but also going to be one of those little, you know, uh, receiving running backs who always do really well with Russell Wilson. And he's had an injury riddled career so far, but they're saying a lot of good things about him this year. And if they can have that dual attack with Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, they like to run the ball. They like to put in their backs hands. I think that's really going to help them. Yeah. Oh man. It's, I think consistency from last year to this year is going to help them because of the uncertainty for half of this other division or for half of the rest of this division. Because 49ers unsure of who's going to be quarterback throughout the entire season. We know who's starting, but we don't know who's going to make it. Rams, we're not, we're we're, we're pretty sure Matthew Stafford's going to work, but it's still a little bit of an uncertainty as far as him working his way into the system come game time. We don't know yet. I think just health-wise on him is... That too. And and, and we don't know how he's going to do. And so, like, Seahawks are kind of one of the few teams. Cardinals bringing back a bunch of... Or bringing in a bunch of new players. Um, They might be consistent, but I think the Seahawks are still better. And so I I do think that they actually up their win by one this year. I think that they go 13. Brooks, you had the over also? <sighs> over club, everybody? Yeah. yeah, I think I'm on the over club with them. I think 11 wins sounds about right. I think they'll probably be right there with the Rams, and it'll come down to tiebreaker or something for whoever's got the division. I think that's kind of where this division's just going to beat itself up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, also another team, last but certainly not least, the Arizona Cardinals with our favorite head football coach ever. <laughs> Cliff going into his third year. Kyler Murray going into his third year. Their regular season over-unders only at eight and a half, which puts them at that 500 mark. But to be fourth in your division at over 500 is still really good. They made the most moves of any team in this division. Mm-hmm. Uh, added Arley's boy, J.J. Watt. Added A.J. Green on the Big. outside as well. And then they've been drafting the last two years a ton of defensive talent to boost that side. They've got a couple good linebackers from these last classes and uh, defensive backs. And I just don't see them winning more than eight and a half because of the division. I think Kyler Murray could make another big jump, but I just don't see that they have enough experience and – I want to say leadership, I guess. That kind of falls on Cliff. Hey, you, you shut your mouth. Cliff is a great leader. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they Sorry. just don't have a – I mean, I get it. Like, these new guys, JJ and AJ, are leaders in their own right, but they haven't been in that locker room, and you don't have enough guys in that locker room that have been there together for that many years to overcome these other teams, especially like the Seahawks and the 49ers that have a ton of guys that have come, are coming back and jump over one of those teams and upset and possibly get in the wild card race. Here's good, here's, but not good sorry. enough. Yeah. Okay. Here's their biggest problem is look at their schedule for a second and tell me if you can pick out more than three or four that they, that they're definitely going to win. And you can't like they're going to, they're going to beat Detroit and probably Carolina and 
maybe Minnesota and then maybe Tennessee. And then it's like the rest of it, like I I I I feel like they're going to end up losing. Like, is Tennessee like I'm uh, they're going to beat Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee's like Tennessee's one of the best a toss-up to start. Yeah, but that's their very first game. That's their first opener and then oh, they got the- at Min- er, uh, versus Minnesota at home. But then the rest of it then 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 they got Jacksonville, which again, I think they probably realistically, I know I'm joking around about the bet thing and all, but realistically they should beat but then outside of that, they're losing most of the rest of the schedule. Like I'm, I'm taking under on this by a big, by by a long shot. Yeah, so they were Not pretty competitive shot, like, last year in a lot of games. Though. They were, but it's just that their schedule looks fucking hard. They, of course, were doing pretty good, and then uh, Murray got hurt, uh, and he kind of slowed down, and, and he wasn't as good as he was at the start of the season. Of course, they got a little lucky in a couple games that gave them a win. Um, yeah, this is a tough one, too. They lost yeah. their longtime great cornerback, Patrick Peterson, oh. and Hassan Riddick, uh, who was another good defensive back for him. I am going to go over, actually. Wolver liking the Cardinals. I'm going to go 9-8. and eight. This is our first one that we're going to split on. I think so. so. I think they're yeah. good enough to steal a couple wins I, in the division. Yeah. And then I, I think, yeah, I you mean, know. Look, looking at their schedule, like Arlie said, they were so inconsistent. I mean, they have wins against Washington and the Seahawks and the Bills. And then they lose to the Patriots. Yeah. They lose to and then they lose to the Niners Panthers. in the year. And then they like, lose to the Panthers and the Lions. And it's like so it depends if they can get out there play win these games they should, but that's that's honestly that's kind of a typical cliff right there is not being up for every game and not being ready for every game. Kind of. I think I think they have the good enough players to do it. I think yeah, Cliff do. holds them back a lot in you know, if they had a little bit of a better coach, I really do think this team could be kind of competing up in that 10-win range. I think they'll do some upsets or something like that. They A Cliff team typically gets off to a good start, and then yeah. once teams figure them out, then they kind of slow down right. um, a little bit. But, I mean, Murray is so good, and he's such a Yeah, and and they, ha- they, they have a killer re- – I love their receiving core. I do, I do love their receiving core. And so, like, could could it happen for them? Yeah. Could could they knock out ten wins somehow out of this? Eleven, maybe. But it's just it's Cliff Kingsbury, and he doesn't make adjustments second half. Yeah. All right. So to wrap this up, who we got winning the division, and do you have any wild card teams coming out of this? Remember, we have. Three wild card teams this year with seven playoff teams. Each team is going to get a division winner in the playoffs, and there are three wild card teams that can make it. So you could have three total teams that make the playoffs out of this division. Hell, maybe four. <laughs> uh, the Rams winning this. Me too. I got the Rams winning this division, and I think I got the Seahawks as a wild card. All right. I'm feeling the same. I, I I actually would take that exact same pick. My only thing would be the 49ers having a shot at getting that second wild card pick. Okay. Um, but I'll, I'll let you come I, back I could, to that if you want it later. Yeah. 
Um, but 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 that but that's the only one. Uh, if they if they stay healthy in the main position of inconsistency, 49ers get that other wild card pick. But I I do I do agree that the Rams are gonna are gonna run away not run away with this division, but have the best shot at winning it. Yeah, I just don't yeah. think there's a lot of other playoff. Well, I mean, we'll get to the other divisions, but yeah. I mean, I just... I'm not gonna be shocked if the Niners make a wild card if there's three out of four. Yeah. Yeah, I have a hard time not taking three here, like just out the gate. Um, who's going to win it? I don't know, honestly. Um, I kind of want to pick the 49ers to win it just based off how much more consistent they play and have shown to play when they're healthy, probably because of their coach and their awesome defense. Um, so I think I'm going to take the 49ers to win and the Rams and Seahawks both to get a wild card spot. Okay. So along the same lines, basically. Yeah. Just all three Wait, get didn't in somehow. Didn't you go under on the Niners, though? No. No, I went over. You went over? Yeah, I think the only split that we had was Cardinals. I think everybody picked the same for the other three. Pretty sure I went under for the 49ers. I don't remember anything. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did. Awesome. You, you, you did go under. I think we all went under. I think we all did. Well, I'm changing that out the gate, I Shit. guess. No, fuck. <laughs> uh... I just like the damn it. All right, changing my Brooks my might opinion. be right, but this is what it's getting written down and in the books. Shit. All right. Oh yeah. Hold <laughs> everybody to this now. Thanks, Brooks. But hey, if you want to come back and add one of these teams as a wild card later after we wrap some stuff up, we might come back to have it. a spot left. Maybe you have a spot left over. You can give one of these teams another wild card spot at the end. <laughs> Sound good? Yes. All right, All right, let's move to everybody's favorite division because we have some hometown bias, the AFC West. And we will start at the top, just like we do with the NFC. And the Kansas City Chiefs Woo. made it through back-to-back Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes, everybody's NFL favorite. And they are only listed at 12 and a half wins, which I think is low. So, Brooks, take us away on some Chiefs. Yeah, so the Kansas City Chiefs uh, have a quarterback that some of us know here, awesome. Patrick Mahomes. Good. He's pretty dang good. Finished fourteen and two last year. Uh, and last year, if you watched the Super Bowl, you just remember Patrick Mahomes running for his life and uh, making incredible throws that ended up being incomplete passes that were some of the best incomplete passes that we've ever seen in oh, the yeah. history of football. But this year they. Man, they redid that whole offensive line, and I think that was obviously their one weakness. Mm-hmm. They have a defense who can get stops, and they have an offense that we all know can yep. you know, blow the lid off of just about any team as long as they've got good protection, and they did that. They got Joe Thune, Mike Rimmers, Orlando Brown, and got Kyle Long to come out of retirement to uh, join the offensive line. So they completely yep. revamped that line. They also got a really good draft pick. Uh, center from Oklahoma. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but they went and they did what they had to do, which is get reinforced that offensive line. Uh, and I think for me, the key players that I'm kind of watching this year are going to be Clyde Edwards, Alaire, the running yep. back who got off to a real hot start in that first game. And then was kind of, you know, hit or miss for the rest of the season. Right. I would expect him to get more involved this year. Uh, Damian Williams, playoff Damian left the Kansas City Chiefs and then Miko Hardman is the other guy I'm kind of watching on offense with Sammy Watkins departure uh, even though 
I think a lot of people don't really view Sammy Watkins with the best of light. He still was when he wasn't hurt, he still could be a really good receiver. And if Miko can step up and really fill that, totally. uh, that position, I think this offense is going to be right where it was. And it's just going to be hard to stop with the amount of speed that Tyreek Hill and, and uh, Miko bring. And then of course you got the most consistent offensive weapon, I think possibly in the league and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of where I'm looking at. Uh, yeah, 14th toughest schedule, so they only play three teams that are projected to win 10 plus games. Ooh. So I think 12 and a half seems pretty, pretty low. Arley, <laughs> I'm gonna have to Where agree with at? you on that, man. Um, I think that they 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 made they filled their biggest, greatest gap, and I don't think that they're ever gonna let that Super Bowl happen again. Um, I think that this is gonna be this is gonna be the Chiefs' year to win. And uh, they are my Super Bowl favorite going into this one, but uh, over 12 and a half, easy. Uh, I, I think that they take probably, I think that they're going to be on kind of a little bit of a revenge tour on this one. Yeah. Not, not only do they have like the best offense and a damn good defense in this NFL, but they're going to be on a bit of a revenge tour after basically getting embarrassed in the Super Bowl. And it was, it was valid as to what happened in the Super Bowl. They had injuries left and right on that O-line and, their depth wasn't there, but with them replenishing it like they needed to, making the moves that they needed to in the offseason, and that 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 dynamic offense that they have with a good defense, uh, these are these are my Super Bowl favorites to win. And 14, 15, I I, I don't know about 16 or 17, because I think they'll start resting at the end of the season. But don't be too surprised to see them go and jump out to like 13 and 0. Yeah. I think something else Brooks missed on the offensive line with that long list of changes they're bringing back their Pro Bowl guard. Let's see if I can get this right. Laurent Duvernay Tardif, Dr. Tardif, that is, who sat out last year to help with the COVID pandemic. And he's obviously, like I said, a Pro Bowl guard. Yeah. So he's a huge addition coming back to. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. He, yeah, I did too until I was reading their stuff again just to see if we missed anything. And yeah, that's it. And they don't have much defensive changes besides their reshifted offensive line, which should help. I don't see any stumbles along the way until deep in the playoffs for these guys. Yep. All right. Let's move it along. Who's our number two team in this division? The Chargers. Not the San Diego Chargers. The L.A. Chargers. And they're listed at nine and a half wins under rookie quarterback stud last year, Justin Herbert, and dude, I I think this is a dark horse team this year. Yeah, yes, they were really, really good last year, and I mean, I had Herbert on my fantasy team, so I knew how good he was doing. But if you didn't and wasn't paying attention, he broke almost every rookie quarterback record he could in the games that he played. He was stupid good, and their O line sucked last year. The fact mm -hmm. that he was able to do all that with a crappy O-line as a rookie is ridiculous. And they have a lot of weapons. Austin Eckler is going to be back and healthy. They didn't have him for most of the year, so that's a huge addition. And a new head coach is also very good, offensive guy. You know, Anthony Lynn, former Tech guy, was there before, but not very good uh, situationally. So 
uh, putting, maybe, it, putting it very lightly there, Dustin. Maybe, maybe good for them to get out of that situation in a, you know, a better offensive mind, especially for Herbert going forward. But I've got them way over nine and a half here. Um, I don't have them way over nine and a half because they got to face the Chiefs twice. And, and looking at their, at their schedule, still not the easiest. Um, but I, 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 I do have them over. I think they'll, I think they'll hit 10. I think they'll hit 11. I don't think that they'll break into 12 to 14, but I can definitely see them breaking the over. Uh, as you said, this is one of the biggest dark horse teams of the year, but yeah. they're overshadowed by the chiefs, unfortunately, but they're going to, they're going to make some noise this year. Big time. Definitely look for them. And if you are into fantasy football, definitely look into, into picking and picking apart this entire Chargers offense. Uh, Brooks. Yeah, they always have, you know, they, Keenan Allen, one of the most consistent receivers, as long as he's healthy, he's been right up there with the, with the best of them. And, you know, him and Herbert's connection will only get better from here. They of course have Eckler and, you know, a lot of talent on that offensive side of the ball to go along with a pretty solid defense as well. And now if they can correct some of those games and they're losing on the last drive or late in the fourth quarter, like they're about three or four plays last year from being probably a wild card team. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, they lose those games instead. So, you know, good new head coach in there might help mix that up a little bit. And maybe we'll be, Maybe we'll be seeing the Chargers. I think they're going to go over, uh, and I think they're going to be a wild card team. And who would have thought that Tyrod Taylor getting <laughs> getting the wrong injection uh, would lead to Justin Herbert having one of the greatest rookie seasons ever, and right. now being uh, uh, looked at as mm-hmm. you know potential dark horse team here. And so yeah, crazy. I like it. I like it. All right, let's get to the mediocre and crappy teams in this division starting with the denver broncos they go into year three of their kind of new head coach they've had some obvious um quarterback issues they've been in the rumblings of trading for a quarterback and haven't made any moves Mm -hmm. going into it with drew lock and teddy bridgewater battling it out but that's their biggest thing is they don't have anybody to lead this offense that kind of has some weapons, but we don't really get to see the weapons. Um, and the defense, I feel like this is a team that's similar to two years ago, the Chicago bears had that awesome defense and then Mitch Trubisky and the offense really sucked. And like by the second half of the year, you just saw the defense like gas and they were just like, Yep. Oh, come They're, on. We can't on, keep doing this for the whole team. Like on the field too much. So I don't see the defense getting any help because they don't have any leaders to run the offense from the quarterback position. Yeah, they retained um Oh, why can't I think of his name? They're uh Miller or Von Miller. Yeah. Von Miller's coming back, yeah. Von Miller's coming back. Bradley Chubb is back from an injury. Yeah. Um, they'll they'll be loaded on that defensive side of the ball. 
a guy I'm interested in watching and maybe more for fantasy wise and, you know, for the benefit of the team is uh, Jerry Judy, second year receiver yep. out of okay. Alabama, kind of watching him, yeah. Been hearing yeah. a lot of good things about him. You know, he was doing pretty good with mediocre quarterback play last yeah. year. So if they can get a little more consistent play, I would kind of watch for him to make a little bit of a leap. But yeah, quarterback play, Drew Locke kind of had some hype going at the end of his rookie year and then just kind of imploded last year to yeah. where led, led really the league with 15 interceptions last year so yeah not great not great and you know teddy's teddy he's probably about as average as a quarterback can be then you call him check down teddy last year yeah teddy two gloves uh, uh, down. yep yeah i don't know no Ready, faith in them for the uh big time broncos under under. Yeah, under eight point five for sure. Same. Yeah, I got them. I got them under as well. I I think that they kind of cap out at seven, maybe eight wins at the best. But uh, I I think that that's the best that they can really hope for. Again, just I mean, y'all said it. There's a, a lot of inconsistency from them. Yeah. All right. Last team that's gonna definitely bring up the rear in this AFC West are the Las Vegas Raiders. They're projected at seven wins. And it's pretty bad when I'm looking through stuff. Like, what the Raiders do this offseason? How are they looking? And the only question I have is, one, what are they doing? I don't know. Like, the only thing I could write down for them is, they're actually going to be in their new stadium with fans. Cool. <laughs> like, that's all I got. <laughs> like, what are they doing? So, I... I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Um, that might, that might play to a little bit of an advantage there. Cause having a home field finally is going to kind of help them out a little bit, but the only I disagree because I think it's going to be a destination type place, not necessarily a home field advantage. Now there's it's a nightclub in the end zone. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a, every visiting team fans want to come watch and it's going to be a very split stadium. I feel like. That I don't just know, random gamblers out there for a few years. Yeah. You're going to have gamblers sitting there rooting for both teams. <laughs> yeah. Going to games in Vegas is a different experience. So I went when tech played basketball there a couple years ago. Yeah. And like, you're sitting there and you're thinking just everybody's here to watch tech or Creighton or whoever <laughs> we were playing. Well, there's like a whole section of people that are there just because they bet on the games. And so yeah. they're rooting for both teams. They're like, yeah, hit that bucket. And then on the other field, yeah, hit, hit that bucket. <laughs> oh, weird. <laughs> and the free so throw number hit. Yeah. And so it's like, who knows what the crowd's really going to be like, because I think it is going to be, you know, if you can go to the game and bet during the game, it's it's not going to be the biggest home crowd. And yeah, what are they doing? I was trying to look up. I don't. I, so they I really don't know. Their, revamp their offensive line. Sure. Got Kenny and Drake to back up who everybody Again, already sure. thinks is a really good running back. John Brown, Willie Sneed. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they got like a decent defense, I guess, but. Besides that, like even Kenyon Drake's like, eh, he only had like a few flash games with Cliff as his OC, so I don't read so, too much into that. Here's like, here's the only thing that I will give to their benefit is Gruden has made this team one win better every single year. 
They had seven wins two years ago. They had eight wins last year. They had four wins before those two years. And they beat some really good teams last year. They upset quite a few like decent decent squads. I remember they 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 beat the Chiefs. the Chiefs pretty well. Right. They yeah, pretty they, well. they 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 beat Cleveland. They they beat they beat uh, Denver. Not really, but uh, New Orleans. They beat last year really early on, um, and they beat the Chargers too. They 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 they. they there's a possibility to not just laugh at this team, I think. And with them having the over-under at seven, I I I would actually take kind of the dumb bet on this one and go over. Oh, God. Yeah. I think that they go over. I think that they get eight or nine this year. I got them under. Brooks, you going I'm under? actually kind of with Arlie on this Oh, one. my God. Yo. Oh, my God. Let's go. Mainly because what just I happened think... Here? I think the I think the Raiders and the Bron and the Broncos over under should be switched. I think the Broncos over under should be seven. And I agree I think with that. The Raiders should be like eight point five because the Raiders have good we good know quarterback. Who their quarterback is great quarterback. No, it's going to be Derek Carr. Carr. Yeah, and right. we know that they're going to be able to produce yards. They have one of the best uh, tight ends in the game. Yep, true. Uh, and their defense it's, wasn't terrible. They were off to a really good start last year, and then things kind of fell out the bottom. I feel like they can find their way to like eight wins, kind of yeah, easily. And I don't think that's that ridiculous to think. Gruden, Gruden's think, improved by one every year. I think the Broncos are going to be the bottom seller of this division, yeah. and I, mm-hmm. I think the Raiders can. Gruden's going to pull some shit off, and they're going to win some games that everybody's <laughs> like, "What? They're going to beat the Chiefs," and everybody's gonna be like, "How the fuck did they do that?" Yeah. And then they're gonna go on like a three game losing. But then they're season. gonna yeah, but then they're gonna <laughs> lose to like the shittiest teams at some point too. So all right then. So to wrap this up, we all have the Chiefs winning the division. Well big correct? time. Yep. Do we have yes. any wild card teams from this division? Chargers. Chargers. Chargers definitely. I have the Chargers and the Raiders. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's it. Brooks is drunk, guys. How many beers has that been? <laughs> that's and, a joke. And that's that a joke. is the tailgate, guys. We're cutting out right there. We got to stop this nonsense now. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I have no. the Chargers. And the Chargers, Chargers as a wild card. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. So that's all we got for NFC and AFC West. Nice. Next week, we'll have a new division for you. We might be doing the South. We're not sure you just yet. We'll let you know, you guys know. Um, but in other NFL news, Hard Knocks came out with the Dallas Cowboys. Let's go. And we have a Hard Knocks expert on the panel right now in Brooks. So, Brooks, what happened on the Hard Knocks last night? All right, I'm going to give y'all the rundown. My my four favorite things that happened on the show last night. Because yeah. I just as I just thought of one again that kind of not made a top me laugh three, a not bit. a top five. We have a top four. four, the first ever top four <laughs> besides four. the college football playoff. Let's see. Um, <laughs> my four favorite things that happened coming in at number four was when Zeke stole Dak's bike <laughs> after <laughs> practice. He jumps on uh, and takes Dak's bike. Like a bicycle. Leaves. Yeah, like a bicycle. Yeah. They bring bicycles for all the guys to ride around like uh, Oxford's campus or whatever. It's so Zeke jumps on and takes his bike off. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, Three is going to be the 
offensive lineman, I won't be able to remember his name, uh, being really sad about that cake being uh, pushed into Dak's face. If y'all weren't watching, Dak's birthday was uh, during the recording of this episode. They made him a cake and they yeah. uh, stuffed it in his face. And the offensive lineman was really disappointed that uh, he didn't get to eat the cake. The best um, part of that, though, was because I just saw clips of it going through the internet. The best part is he's like huffing and puffing and just like plays into a big offensive fat man, yeah, you know, stereotype of I really wanted that cake. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, (laughs) sounds all sad, huffing and puffing like he's really tired and then really wants cake. Like he just played into the stereotype so well. I'm glad there's a video and a microphone on that. (laughs) That he did. Uh, number two is going to be Zeke wrapping a birthday present for Dak Prescott. Uh, one of the things they really dove into in the first episode was the relationship of Dak and Zeke as best friends. And so uh, Zeke got him a birthday gift and it was uh, quite the experience to watch him try to wrap a gift for the first time. And number one is going to be Jerry Jones just dousing his mcgriddle or McMu- egg mcmuffin yeah. uh in salt uh, i don't think i've ever ever seen that uh before and was already thinking that thing's already pretty unhealthy and then that dude just like not just a little shake that he was going after it on there so those are kind of four funny moments as for like the actual football stuff there really wasn't much uh, mike mccarthy kind of quiet uh you know Dak, of course you know a lot of on his injury and his return and then, of course, the first game of the of the year, which you know has nobody really playing in it. Uh, they, they really focused in on y'all's on your favorite number one uh, first round draft pick of all time. Oh yeah, um, Parson. So oh, it's my guy. But, yeah, it's my guy. Not a whole lot to wrapping a present thing. Now that I think about it more, they had to have like made him do that for the camera because every dude knows you just put it in a gift bag. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I have never had problem wrapping a present because I just buy a bag and just buy the bag and use a little paper thing on the top. Voila. Now his gift was pretty big. So you're, we're going to have to buy like a really big bag in order to fit this one in, but there are really big bags. Zeke would have found a big, Zeke would have found a big enough bag. Definitely. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, all right. There's our breakdown. Brooks will have week two for us next week. Maybe the rest of us will have some week two also. Um, besides that, other NFL news, I didn't come across anything big. Nothing off the top of my mind. Nothing crazy, crazy. Yeah. No, nothing crazy going what on. Was, um, what no was one, the thing no with the, the Dak kind of hurting his arm or something? I don't know, but he's kind of back this today already. So. Is he? Okay. Yeah. So that was just like. I think it was more of a precautionary. like Some muscle strain. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Up, and then he's, he's ramping back up. So no big deal there. Besides the Cam Akers injury, nothing else big of like a starter getting hurt yet. Oh, there was word there was word that trickled in that Carson Wentz starting week one <laughs> is seeming a little more possible. So maybe we were oh, on God. the five weekend, so day to day. twelve weekend. Day to day. So, so uh, since no news is really coming in, hold your breath for your favorite teams and players because there's probably going to be like a wave of week two or three of yeah hamstrings and ACLs that start to blow. 
Don't do your fantasy drafts just yet. Nope, you won't do that. So hold your breath on all that. So there's all your NFL stuff. There's your NFC and AFC West previews. We'll bring you another division next week. And now we do have a little more NBA talk. Woo! More NBA. Yeah. (laughs) All right, let's kick it over to Brooks for the NBA discussion. All right, Brooks, what's happening in the the NBA right now? Not a lot, but there are a couple things I wanted to hit on uh, since we're still kind of in free agency and deals are still being made. And there's a couple deals that happen with, you know, the team that I support right now (laughs) because of LeBron that are worth mentioning. Uh, So Dennis Schroeder, if uh, you guys are not familiar, the (laughs) Los Angeles Lakers offered Dennis Schroeder $84 million back during the uh, 2021 NBA season. Yep. Dennis Schroeder bet on himself, turned it down and was asking for a contract that would go roughly around 120 million. But lost that bet. That was not the case. (laughs) He lost big. He signs a one year deal for $5.9 million with the Boston Celtics. So he loses himself $78.1 million betting on himself, uh, signs the absolute veteran minimum deal that you can sign. And so just kind of one of those just hilarious things because I think he was banking on a long playoff run where they were going to make the finals and then he was going to make a lot of money off that. Well, if we all watch the playoffs, Dennis Schroeder, not very good in that first round against the Suns. Nope. And now he finds himself uh, making $5.9 million next year to play with the Celtics. So sometimes betting on yourself, not always smart. $70 million difference. Fucking. Good thing is, I mean, play another one one year deal. And, I mean, he's only 27, going to be 28 next year. So he could – walk into another $80 million deal next year or even year after that too. So not the biggest thing, but yeah, yeah. right now and the immediate hindsight of what he had last year on the table. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a big slap in the face but when you knew that. And when everybody knows that amount was out there, cause you know, that's just, it was like, wow, he turned down $84 million. This kind of goes to show you when somebody throws a big fat check at you, it's hard to say no. You know, I yeah. think, that's why Julius Randle signed his deal at 116 million. You know, like that's hard to turn that down when you yeah. don't necessarily when you're kind of have that one season out of nowhere. It's I think it's best to capitalize when you can. Um, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, other signing of notes uh, that has a little bit to do with Texas Tech and the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers signed Mac McClung. And now the details of this deal are not reported yet. So we're not necessarily certain what kind of deal this is. There's a lot of two-way contracts. There's a lot of uh, G League contracts out there. So I'm not sure what this actually means for them. Uh, I think probably it's a G League deal, maybe a two-way contract, something like that. 
But, you know, the Lakers are lacking, you know, young players. So, for them, this is a good deal. And for Mac, you know, you have a fighting chance here of actually making the league. Everybody's making the jokes that he can finally, you know, place Alex Caruso, who the Lakers lost in free agency yeah. this year. But he's had himself a pretty pretty good G League so far. He Or uh, Summer League, he made a pretty nice little play to tie uh, the game up late the other night against the Suns summer league team so good for mac we support uh, all things mac mcclung and if yep. he ends up playing alongside lebron james that's really cool that's really cool so and and the last thing we i, I talked about a little last week and just wanted to i know dustin watched it early i don't think you got the chance but we're pretty pumped <laughs> yeah. about we're pretty pumped about the documentary coming out about the mouse at the palace uh, if you guys are unfamiliar in 2004, the Detroit Pistons and the Indiana Pacers squared off in a game at the, the Palace at Auburn Hills, and it ended in a brawl between the players and the fans. Uh, I was pretty psyched about this because they said there was unseen footage and all of this stuff that we've never seen before and all that. I was so pumped because I remember this fight. I loved, want to learn more. A little disappointing on that end, Dustin. I know you watched it. Dude. Where? What did you uh, think about the documentary? The only new stuff is that it's cool that we get to hear it from Ron Artest, Stephen Jackson, and Jermaine O'Neal's point of view, and even Reggie Miller, who was on his last year of his career. They're coming off two Eastern Conference Finals teams and possibly a championship run. But new footage is a stretch. Um, considering that the new footage uh, was crappy 2000, early 2000 yeah. security cameras from very far away that when zoomed in are very blurry. Yep. Yeah. So couldn't see. That sucked. Um, I didn't know that like Jermaine O'Neal was so pissed at like ESPN's coverage of the incident. I also didn't know that like the, the actual legal part of it and the prosecution of it, like, actually took it to the fans really well. I yeah, thought that yeah. was really cool. Oh, I didn't know that part. They they took to the defense, basically, of the players. They Good. didn't look at it as players versus fans, and you're supposed to be two different levels of whatever you want to call yeah. it. They you're involved, you're involved. Person A and person B, and this person B did this to person A. And so that was kind of cool to see that I didn't know that much about that a lot of the fans were prosecuted, given some kind of like probation fines, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a good point because uh, the prosecutor says straight up, he's like, "I thought Ron Artest was in the right." Yeah. Uh, when when at that point where the, the fan court. runs up to him and he's like, "I, he's I didn't like, see anything." <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Well, it's good to know that there's people." I think. I think my view has changed on this fight over the years. Of course, I was only like 13 years old when this happened. So, of course. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I remember watching it all. Yeah, like I remember players watching should it never, Players should never blah, blah, blah. And, you know, the, the media's coverage of it was really bad. And I understand what Jermaine O'Neal and, and Bron Artest and Steven Jackson, I understand their gripe with it all because they were labeled as this while they're just out there protecting themselves pretty much You're from right. all these dudes who are – throwing themselves on the court and stuff. Mm -hmm. So my perspective has changed on it over the years and to where I'm at the point when they actually have the fan, one of the fans on who gets hit by him. I'm just like, fuck that guy. Yeah. Like you deserve yeah. to get 
you even deserve now, to get hit. In the dock, you'll or when you watch it, you'll probably hate this guy by the end of it too. Oh fuck even that guy! Be like, why did I get charged? This is BS. And it's like, dude, yeah. he still feels one that of, way. One of the footages we don't yeah. see is you came onto the court for no reason, looked on our test in the eye, and got within three feet of him, like bowed up to him. What are you thinking? Yeah, <laughs> and then I come get clocked by Jermaine O'Neal. <laughs> And then I think my favorite line of the whole thing was when Reggie Miller was like, that was the most important miss of Jermaine O'Neal's career yeah. on when he sucker punched that dude because he what? slipped on like some sweat or whatever. Oh. So he didn't fully, so he didn't fully connect, well, but he did like the, one of the camera so pretty hard. He definitely hit him, but he couldn't like follow yeah. through, but he didn't get like as good as he, he probably could have. Yeah. yeah. No, my favorite, now that you mentioned that, is towards the end of that fight. So Reggie Miller had a broken finger, was in a suit, not playing. Yeah. He's trying to get one of either Jackson or Artest out of there. And one of the cops comes up to him, and he's like, who are you? What are you doing on the court? Yeah. And Steven Jackson goes, how the F do you not know Reggie Miller? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that made me laugh. I forgot about that line. Yeah, that was great. How do you not fucking know Reggie Miller (laughs) is? That's what so I yeah, thought. Overall, if you're a basketball fan, and even even if you've seen the footage or not, watch that for sure. Yo, they made those cops kind of look dumb as hell because they were like, I don't know. Work. I guess I guess the Pistons and it okay, the Pacers the, didn't the, like each other or something, and I was like, oh god. In the cops' defenses, though, what are like four or five of them supposed to do? Yeah, no, yeah. Like it literally went from zero to a hundred. And they weren't going to stop shit. No, yeah, they weren't going to stop anything. It boiled over way too fast for them to step in. Like, it was a a mess that just boiled so fast that it couldn't be contained. So, that's not an issue for me. Yeah, it's just ridiculous, man. And, um... I mean, We've gone over this plenty, though. Where where we get mad at, at, at fans interacting with the... with. Like them being too close of a proximity to the court. That should never have been the case. It should have oh, never yeah. have happened. It's We've a got very entitled this. feeling. Um, it's too much. And then, you know, media sided with the fans mm. on this, so it gives them even more kind okay. of like Mm-mm. gusto on it. But, you know, it, nothing really super revealing on this doc. You know, the footage was pretty much the mm. same as we had all saw if we were watching the news that night. But it's still like one of those things. As soon as it got to the fight, I was like, "Let's go!" And I was, you know, was super you into know, it for that whole fight. If you don't know and haven't seen, whenever Ron Artest runs up into the stands, he actually pushes the guy that did it out of the way oh. to get to the next guy and attacks the next guy. And the guy that did it like jumps on Artest's back, kind of situation. Artest never even did anything to the guy who threw the cup. I still think one of the craziest parts is when they're trying to get to the locker room and just the, the flood of people pouring shit. The chair pouring gets thrown. Chair, Jamal Tinsley comes out. Beer. He's like got a fucking dustpan that he's swinging at people. Yeah, like that was bad but, scene. Like, but like in most sports, there's a separation from the fans to the to the field. Like the only yeah. one where there is kind of not one is outside of the NBA is the MLB, but there's the big ass net behind the backstop. And, and then like, if you run on the field, obviously like, you know, it's one person maybe, but it, but like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like here, there's just, there needs to be a bigger separation between the fans. And and, and, I've always thought that. 
I, I, I have voice like I get it. It's a it's an entitlement thing. You're got you got big money or you have big connections and you got courtside seats for the blah 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 game. Good for fucking you. But the problem is is that you have douchebag halfway up the stands that is drunk as fuck at this game. And unfortunately, we're always gonna have that douchebag drunk as fuck halfway up the stands in the game. We're always going yeah. to that's never I'm gonna change. Like that. Huh? Yeah. He's, yeah. Our, he's ours, though. He's our, he's our, he's our guy. Though. It's okay. You do your thing. Oh, no, I would never do that, though. No, you would no. Yeah, but, they, but... they had really, they, they really broke it down well and talked about it. And the thing that, you know, I didn't, I guess I didn't really realize. And, you know, at the time, our, our test was such a, uh, was going through it mentally, you know. Yeah, and now was. we know a little bit more about mental health and why we right. don't necessarily treat it well all the time. Like, he was very mentally unstable and i think he broke it down really well when he's like i was laying on the table he was like i was trying to like calm myself yeah. down he was like i was giving myself the five second count he was like i had to remove myself from the situation to like to not make the bad decision and then yep that puts him in the face and boom it's over. but then he also says like also in that situation i was like i'm a king all my teammates are gonna protect me was like, right. I just yeah. liked you. Don't say that. <laughs> but he I, he wasn't expecting it from the fans part, though. That's when he was talking about the players yeah. part. He was like, I, you know, I knew all the players know when they do that stuff. Nobody's actually trying to fight. So, no. yeah, good stuff, though. Check it out. <sighs> it's only an hour. So, yeah, 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 it's a quick, easy watch. Silly. All right. Um, that is going to wrap up our NBA discussion. Uh, for the week, we do got to kind of get moving along here a little bit. Uh, so we're going to kind of talk a little bit about this uh, Olympic wrap-up. Um, first big thing, obviously, is the USA winning gold basketball team beating out France. Definitely a big win there. And and uh, much needed. Don't be silly. Wrap it up. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> um, but... Uh, big win for the U.S. there because going into this Olympics, we there was a lot of uncertainty. There was a lot of uh, how do we call it? Um, doubts, complete complete doubts that they were gonna like muster the energy really to do this. Not that they couldn't because we had a we still had a star studded roster going over there, and the U.S. is still the best power. Yes. And Pop was saying all of that. Oh well, the rest of the world has caught up stuff, but like. To see them pull it off was still big, was still a good win, and and kind of still shows that we are still the best in the world at this sport. Um, any any opinions on this, guys? I mean, uh, and, and what what is the impact of this? Um, I mean, obviously the Olympics do have some weigh-in on the NBA. It got Luca his fat ass contract. Um, what what do you guys think? Luca was getting that anyway. He was getting it anyway, but I think I think it kind of pushed the pushed the needle for it to get signed. Any, I don't know. Anyways, go ahead. Nah, he was getting it no matter what. I was I was so confident the U.S. would win that gold medal game. I went and fell asleep at halftime. So I think that that was going to happen. Up, All right, that was going to same with Luca's contract. Both of those things were going to happen either way. Both of those things are going to happen either way. <laughs> I like that KD and Draymond Green went on Instagram Live afterwards. And talk shit to all the haters that were like, this team can't do it. KD can't lead this team. And then he went on to average 20 points in the Olympics, which I don't think has ever been done Mm-mm. by a team or a player. So way to shove that back in everybody's faces. I like that a lot. Yeah, good job with your zero points, Draymond. You did a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's always his uh, contribution. Brooks, what, what are you thinking about the game, man? 
no, I mean, it's just always big to win a gold medal. And yeah. especially when everybody's doubting you and thinking, oh, we've been caught. And then you go out and win it with, you know, random dudes you threw together several weeks ago. And, you know, three guys on your team you flew in after they won a world championship and you're still able to defeat all the, you know, all these countries and get the gold. You know, you're not playing joke teams anymore. France has multiple NBA players on their team. Australia had multiple NBA players on their team. So, yeah, the world is catching up where these teams aren't riddled with just professional players in their country, but professional players over here in the NBA. Yep. So I, I think it does make it impressive. I, I thought they were still going to win the gold. I had my little bit yeah. of doubts at the start, but do they? You know, when um... they needed to turn it on, they always turned it on, so... Do, do y'all know if they still say world champions for whenever they win the NBA title? I know that that used to be a thing. Yeah, they still do. Cause... Do they still say that? Okay. So, so random thought while you were, while you were kind of going through that right now was um, if the, if the USA starts losing back to back to back, let's say that you lose like three <laughs> Olympics in a row. Do we still get to say world champion for the NBA team that wins? Yeah, because all the best players in the world still come over here to play in that league. Yeah, <laughs> so. I guess so. I, I guess the, the, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it's a weird thing for me always, and that's what that's the big knock that everybody makes, like uh, outside of uh, the U.S. I guess is that like why are they calling the NBA champs the world champs? But they do that in like the World Series too. Like that's dumb. Super Bowl, yeah. they call world champs. That's dumb. Like, it's just weird to me. Like, just just say NFL uh, champs. And just say anyway. Go ahead. Last Olympic thing, we must now refer to Javel McGee as NBA champion and Olympic gold medalist. No, world champion. <laughs> he he is a world champion. Javel McGee is a world overall champion. I guess three time so. world champion. Okay, all right. We got to say that now. We have to say that. Um, so, uh, and really once they got, you know, once they got him, those problems really stopped. If you look at, look it, at that, so. look at that. <laughs> Ooh, very true. Ro- Roger coming in clutch. The only one that can be considered a world champion is the little league world series champion. True, true. They, true. they got other actual nations in that one. So, uh, we, we, you anybody know? who just won at the Olympics, come on. Or Olympics just a world champion. Yeah. Yeah. Olympics. Or anybody. But, world but, champion. But 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 it's it's just not not you not literally the, beat everybody United, else in the world. Not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know. Anyways, I, I guess. Uh, um, no. So speaking of that, did y'all see the since we won the like gold medal overall count? Um, yeah, well, yeah. By and the one. overall, yeah. But like the uh, wrestler who like had that super comeback, the heavyweight wrestler, mm-hmm. won gold. He beat the former Olympian in the semis. And the guy he beat in the gold medal match was like the three-time defending world champion, and he had to come back from like three points down in the last like thirty seconds Ooh. to beat him. Like crazy. Nice. Hell yeah! World champion. World champion, right there. I think. Uh, what went, was it? it? Gable, I think, and Gable and Javale McGee should be like poster boys for world champions. I think it was. Was it? Was it women's volleyball that got the last gold to put us over China? Yeah, I think so. Right, they did really good. They they faced Brazil in that final, but I think I watched them in like the semis or something like that. And one of their one of their one of their starting girls at the net, like this this really tall one, obviously. But uh, 
uh, she ended up like twisting her ankle, like rolling over it. Like it looked bad. And you need, to, you need to figure out a way to get the Olympics like condensed. It took too long. <laughs> there's so, there's so much going on though. Yeah. Like you could literally leave that TV show on and catch a different sport every hour of the day for like an entire day yeah. throughout the entire two weeks. I don't know. Um, but great coverage, fun watching it. We all had a ton of fun covering it. Uh, so with that, let's go ahead and jump over to the shop bets. We're going to wrap up this episode. Uh, so we only had one shot bet for last week, and uh, that was the gold medal match in between France and the USA. Three of us ended up taking USA and ended up getting gold mm -hmm. and the shot bet victory. Yes, we got a gold medal, too, for that, in case y'all didn't know. Um, but uh, France ended up taking the loss. So if you did end up pulling for the USA on this one, you're shot free. And if you did not, then uh, you owe us a shot bet pick or video. Send that in to us. On any social media, any way you want, doesn't matter. Even if you want to just tweet it, tweet us and tag it. Do it that way too. That's cool. Um, but we do have a shot bet for this week, uh, and by the time you're listening on the podcast, uh, this will be already old news. So uh, for those listening live, this will be the Field of Dreams game versus uh, Yankees versus the White Sox out in Iowa in a cornfield. Definitely uh, going to be a fun game to watch, but we're going to be putting that on out on social media probably later this evening or tomorrow morning. Be on the lookout for that. As far as the total shot bet count at the moment, or the tally, we'll say, I am at Let's one. Let's go ahead and make our picks. Let's oh, go we want to do it now? Picks on the show. Yeah. Sure, sure, we can do it on the show. Fine. Tomorrow night. We haven't been taking them because most of the other picks have been like Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. A little so. bit later. Yeah, we can go ahead and knock it out now, I guess, while we're live. Um. Okay, cool. Well, Brooks, who you got? I'm going White Sox. <gasps> I picked them to win the World Series, if y'all recall. Yeah, yeah. Day, beating the Yankees, so I, you know, have to do it now, obviously. <laughs> and obviously, I need the Yankees to lose. So. Way to ride out the bet. Oh, uh, Dustin, who do you got on this also game? Very good. Brooks is going to go that way. Then I'll stick with my Yankee pick, too, and take them in the game. Not only doing that, the White Sox are actually a very good baseball team too. They're so really they good. good team. They are good. Team. It's not like if crazy. If I wanted to go like the Homer pick, I'd pick the White Sox because they were actually featured in the movie that this yeah. whole thing is based around. Feel the dreams. Exactly. Shoeless Joe Jackson. And no. so. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. So Ooh. that's why I would take the White Sox. I'm going like a Homer type pick based on the movie, all that history. I just think this is a really cool deal that the MLB is doing to reference mm. that and kind of bring a new crowd into it that don't need to get a bunch of games in that area. Damn it. I wanted to pick the Yankees on this one, but uh, y'all got me. I talked you into the Sox. I think you did. All right. You know what? No. Wait, wait, wait. Who's Is Jillian Cubs or White Sox? Cubs. Ah, damn it. All right. <laughs> I was going to kind of influence that vote. All right. You know what? Let, let's let's split the vote here just for fun. Both of y'all are taking White Sox? No, I went Yankees. Oh, you did? All right. I'm going to take White Sox on this one. All I'm right. going to split this up a bit. Um, but, yeah. All right. 
Sweet. So this this week's shot bet, again, if you listen to live, Yankees versus White Sox, get your pick in on social media. Uh, mm-hmm. As far as the tally goes, I'm at one. Brooks is at zero. Dustin's at five. Uh, but if he would post some of the shots he takes on the weekends, I'm pretty sure we'd get that down to zero this what weekend. What are you talking about? Uh, no, he doesn't drink, guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Been, uh, Good but, point. But if he posts the because sh- I know he goes out. I've seen, I, I, I watch his Snapchat. I know he does. But if he were to post some of those and just tag tailgate talks, his count would be down to zero by a month ago. But he doesn't. No. And so he's still at five. Um, Sometimes I just forget because of the state I'm in. Uh, damn it. Why, why are you <laughs> in the state? Because of the shots. Of shot? Yeah, thank you. Because thank you. of the drinks and the shots I've been taking, yeah, I forget. Of course. Okay? Of course. Uh, that That is going to... Um, that's going to wrap up this week's episode, guys. Dustin, final shot for yep. the week. Uh, what do you got for us? I think this is also random stat of the week, right? Yes. All right, let's fire go. That we, up. we haven't done this in a while. Take that for data. All right, what do you got? So, yeah, we've been missing out on stat of the week just with all our interviews and whatnot. We've had enough data and stats for you guys lately, but – the amazing Brock Holt of the Texas Rangers. Yeah. Third baseman came in to pitch the other night and tracked a 31-mile-per-hour strike against the Oakland A's, and it was amazing to watch. Artie's going to try to pull up the video of it. Yeah. But in the like pitch-tracking era, which is like since 2008, I also saw some references to way later of just – speed on pitches that's the slowest pitch ever to be called a strike <laughs> oh yeah dude watch this pitch and it is a whoop in there really hums it in there <laughs> he hums it in there it was so slow he didn't throw a pitch over 34 miles an hour got out of the inning with no runs to his record and then the best part he asked the umps to check him yeah, for yeah he did <laughs> <laughs> The elves are like, no, we're good. He's like, are you sure? You sure? You well, sure? he's walking off. He just shows the glove. It's funny. Yeah. This is so then, good. Second little uh, yes, final shot. The Savannah Bananas are back on top. They won the Coastal Plains League this past weekend. Champions, go Bananas. Oh, man. This is Bananas. Yes. All right. Brooks, final shot for the week. What do you got, man? The Red Sox. The Red Sox. The Red oh, Sox. No, who could be possibly be talking up. about? Man, we've been like miserable since the uh, trade <laughs> deadline. We decided to not go get anybody other than Kyle uh, Schwarber, and since then we have lost. I think every game but one, maybe two, two I, games since then. Uh, it has been loss after loss after loss. We went from having a lead in the AL East and now we are five games back of the race the Yankees are catching us as uh, well so pretty miserable and we've held the lead in a lot of these games and given up the lead late in like the seventh or eighth inning so not good not going well I think we're currently uh oh wow we're actually putting up a good game right now against the Rays. so there we go that's a big we win saved too. all our we saved all our runs for one game where y'all at yeah Oh, oh my God! Are you kidding me? Yeah, the score's twenty to one. Yeah, use them all up. 
literally blow out on this one game. Like, their run differential going into that game was plus 29. That's going to move them to plus 40. Well, maybe with this game, we'll start a trend in the right direction. But lately, it has just been not great. Not great. Why are they they putting up 20 A lot of baseball in this final shot. I don't Uh, think we've scored 20 runs in our last 20 games. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Final shot for me. And uh, y'all are going to like this one a little bit, I'm pretty sure. Is, is, Is the number one and number two draft pick matchup. From Ooh, yeah. the NBA. I know that I'm surprised it didn't get brought up. And I was kind of holding my breath and almost texted you guys in the middle of the NBA thing. But I thought about it eventually. And so, uh, we had Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green going at it uh, face-to-face. And uh, Rockets end up beating and winning the Detroit Pistons on this one. And Jalen Green beats out Cade Cunningham 25 points to Cade Cunningham's 20. Uh there was like he had like uh, Jalen Green had four turnovers, and uh, and he was kind of seen as like kind of uh, what what was it? He it, it was he had a little bit of the early nerves in this in this game, and he was kind of trying to pass it off a lot, but to score twenty five points and kind of beat out the number one uh, uh, in, in between the matchup or whatever in the head to head was big. It was very exciting and and definitely excited for Houston on this pick. I was kind of a little bit more reserved about it just because the Rockets haven't shown me anything for for the last uh for the last year. But um exciting news. And apparently I, I, what I got from that was Jalen Green is pissed he didn't go number one. Might have been and yeah. is a chip on his shoulder that he is like gonna carry around and play with. And so good for him, good for you and the Rockets for that deal. Yeah. yeah. And also their other um they're also other draft pick Alfaron Seguin, I think is his name, has been really good so far in the summer league. So y'all got two pretty nice picks here. Yeah. Uh, that will could be a big part of y'all's future coming will, up. So we will trade away immediately and go back to being nobody. It'll be great. Uh, y'all, no, they're doing okay. They're doing okay. Considering one year of mess ups and you like acting like y'all um, are the New York Knicks or something. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm hurt. I'm hurt from 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 Harden still. All right, it's still it's still a sore spot. Anyways, um, that is gonna wrap up this week's episode, guys, of the tailgate. Make sure if you're not already subscribe to the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, five star rating, all that good stuff. Follow us on Twitter at tailgate underscore tax underscore tax. Wow, blah blah blah. That's what happens at the end of these shows is we drink throughout all of them and I start messing up words. Um, on Twitter. At tailgate underscore talks, Instagram and Facebook and YouTube as well. Dustin, if you want to find him, you can find him on Twitter at Dustin Wimmer twenty two. Brooks, you can find him at Calvin B Barrett, and me, you can find me at Blanca where the all is one. And make sure you email us at tailgate at gmail.com for any sort of thoughts or questions. But that is going to wrap up the episode, guys. We will catch you guys next week. And make sure you do follow us on all social media pages to stay up to date on any sort of shot bets or video postings. We'll catch you guys later. Catch y'all at the next tailgate. Peace.